Hello, 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 and welcome to the show, everybody. I am your host, Israel Rivera, and there was my main man, Christian Simpson, for the last show of college football showdown of the 2022 college football season. Um, before we get started, though, I just want everybody to go ahead and like, share, and subscribe to the podcast. Subscribe to the podcast there on YouTube. Go ahead and like our Prime Sports World Facebook page where we go live seven days, six to seven days a week there on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Also, go ahead and like our NBA Supreme Group and NBA NFL Supreme uh, Group fan pages there on Facebook uh, for more fan interaction. And in case you missed our live stream, you can catch us 
on where all major on all major platforms where all podcasts can be heard as Apple Music, Samsung, Amazon, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Ladies and gentlemen, Prime Sports World has you covered all the way around. And what's going on, my main man for the Daily List blog Monday evening quarterback Christian Sister? What's going on, buddy? Oh man, just here to wrap up this show with you. You know, wrap up this season. I know I have a lot to say, as I'm sure. You have a lot to say, and man, I can't wait to do this again with you next year, too, man, because this has been so much fun. It really gets me ready for the weekend of football, and we have a lot to talk about. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, like, it was it's, it was a great college football season. Lots of highs, lots of lows. Um, definitely very, very entertaining college football playoff semifinal. Semi-final, which leads me to the first part of the show, the College Football National Championship, which uh, was last weekend, last, uh, oh no, this past Monday, I'm sorry, this past Monday night, uh, where Georgia uh, faced the TC, the Georgia Bulldogs of the SEC, ladies and gentlemen, if you guys are are, are not uh, college football followers, which you guys should be if you're watching the show. And the TCU Warm Frogs in the Big 12. Georgia just ran all over them, Christian, in a route. I actually said this. I said 45-10. I did not see 65-7. Okay. Saxon Bennett, 343 total yards, six touchdowns. Georgia scored on nine, scored touchdowns on nine of its 10 possessions. And they, and, and they scored on all 10. They just kicked the field goal on the other one. I think it was the second possession of the game, which went by like a blur, okay? And they held TCU's top 10 um, offense, right, to 188 total yards and only nine first downs. And their top 10 offense gained 589 yards in a whopping 32 first downs. I don't know if that's a record in a college football game, but it's got to be. Um, Christian, what are your thoughts? What were your thoughts on this? Um <laughs> <laughs> Um, look, on this damn, on this damn uh, blowout, uh, uh, this uh, uh, you know, ritual blowout here by by Georgia. We're, we're like, I, you know, I, Jesus. I'll, I'll say this, Mister Rivera. I'll say this. Championship pedigree is one hell of a thing because Georgia hit that switch and they never turned it off. That's what the champions do. That's what separates the good football teams from the great football teams in the country. And remember what I said, my major key of the game was for TCU. They had to dominate the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball, and they didn't do it. And remember what I also told you before the game, if they don't apply any type of pressure on Stetson Bennett, he's going to have himself a day. And look at what happened. I mean, he got whatever he wanted, when he wanted, and how he wanted. That was the scary thing about it. Um... I got to give a lot of props to Georgia for, quote-unquote, taking it personally (laughs) because you think they didn't hear the rumblings. Oh, I don't think this team is all that great. TCU can run up and down the field on them, and they saved their best performance for the best part, which was the biggest stage, which was the national championship. And the defense, I know this defense, it, it had some growing pains. This year, you lost a lot of talent to the NFL from last year. It's tough to replace guys like Lewis Sign and like 
Nicobe Dean and Jordan Davis, but Jalen Carter stepped up. Nolan Smith, before he got hurt, stepped up. And, man, this defense just really delivered its, its best performance. I mean, look, we saw a lot of these performances when they won their first championship. But in the repeat, this defense really came ready to play. TCU just couldn't get it going. I mean, look at these numbers right here. Scoring a touchdown on nine out of your 10 possessions, and then you hold that offense to 188 total yards, to your 589 yards that you gained with 32 first downs. It's almost like a video game, if you ask me. No, absolutely. You're 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 100% right. Um it is definitely like a video. It was left me like a video game. And I said it too. I said, I think I, t- I said it straight up. And and anybody can say this. I mean, I thought Georgia was way too physical for them in the, in the, in the trenches. I always say this, that styles make fights, right? Styles make matchups, right? I think that any matchup other than the Alabama one or the Ohio State one, even I think this would have happened to Michigan too, uh, Christian. I think I think Georgia would have did the same thing to Michigan. Uh, I don't think it would have been sixty-five to seven. No, I don't think it would have been sixty-five to seven. But it would have been. It would have been a route. It would have been. Yeah, I think Michigan would have got stuck in their ways. That that's the yeah. problem. Was yeah. But nah, man. Just you know, congratulations to Kirby. I mean, this is the reason why they hired him and they gave him that contract extension during the summer, not to win SEC East titles, not to win. Um, conference championships, not to win playoff games, to win national championships, and he's done that in back-to-back years. Yeah, no, he he has done that in back-to-back years, and um, you know, I, I think like I getting back to what I was saying, I think I think the only matchup, you know, the pre, I mean, the Ohio State matchup, I mean, that was I said it, that was a matchup, even though Ohio State isn't the strongest team all the way around defensively or, you know, running the football offensively. But I think I think they pose a real bad matchup problem for Georgia's defense as opposed to TCU, who I think TCU just isn't as physical or wasn't as physical as them. And you saw that too. Defensively, Georgia stuck them. They they committed they um they caused three turnovers, a fumble, two interceptions by the Heisman Trophy finalist and Max Duggan, who looked real normal in this game. He looked very very good against Michigan. Even we saw him throw some real bad throws against Michigan too, right, Christian? And um, you know, going up against Georgia's defense, I thought that like Max Duggan was just completely overmatched with the size and the speed and the lack of windows that were out there. I mean, Keely Ringo was everywhere. Who was a young boy that got the um, two interceptions um, on the day uh, that, that that picked off uh, Max Duggan? I have to get his name here. Let me look them up here. It's um the other kid, uh Godly. It's it's, it's not Smith. It's um oh Godly. His name's mistaken me. But anyways, um yeah, that Georgia defense just all over. And for a team that doesn't get a lot of sacks, they were all over the field. They had five sacks in this game, Christian. So they they were really literally um they were on top of things, man. Uh Javon Buller was the guy that had the two interceptions. Yeah, uh, yeah. for that for that team. Uh, for Georgia, but sixty-five to seven—that's a route. Um, I saw it from the get-go, um, and then also, like before we even Stetson Bennett, um, thoughts on his career at Georgia as he wrapped it up with with you know three hundred forty-three total yards, six touchdowns, four through the air, two on the ground. Look, 
anytime you need this, you needed this kid to deliver, he delivered. Um, not the flashiest guy, not the sexiest name. Game didn't really stand out to anybody, but when you needed him to make a big play, he did it. When you needed him to come through in the fourth quarter, he did it. When you needed him to make a big pass and when you needed him to take you to the mountaintop, over the mountaintop in a big game, he succeeded and passed those tests with flying colors. Um, could go down as the greatest quarterback in Georgia football history. And, I mean, Aaron Murray, who was a Georgia quarterback, gave him his flowers and said that. He was like, yeah, he just delivered when he had to. And, I mean, look, throws the ball from the pocket makes throws on a run but I think the most dangerous part of his game was the ability to to escape and extend plays with his feet and I, I kept telling TCU he's the mailman man I'm he's the mailman for a reason and I kept saying if TCU didn't apply pressure to him and keep him in that pocket he's gonna do whatever he wants and look at the numbers right there look hey Christian I always we always talk about even the Georgia fans they call him the mailman uh, shout out to Carl Malone, but Stetson Bennett is the mailman. He delivers when you need him. Yep. And um, this, I'd say that he's a big game quarterback, right? Yeah. You get those in college football, big game quarterbacks. This kid may not play, and he may not play at a starter level at the next level, right? But this kid, he pitified, he he um, epitomies um, what a college quarterback. Uh, a great college quarterback is right. Great, amazing story. Walk on, um, you know, wasn't even a starter uh, last year. Had to earn his way to start. Took them to the national championship game. Won the national championship. Came back. Had a Heisman uh, candidate year, and then you know played his tail off in the national championship. I mean, this is probably one of his best games. Probably, if not his best game um, of his uh, college career. And he ended it on a, um, you know, right spot by winning national championship. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, any like I said, anytime you needed this kid to deliver, he did it. I mean, he did it with flying colors, passed those tests, as I mentioned, and, I mean, made everybody around him better. Like, you know, spread the ball around to those receivers. And how about – look at – what I liked was how dynamic – Top Monken is in getting Brock Bowers the football, using him in a variety of different ways. Name a time when you've seen a tight end get the ball on a jet sweep, Izzy. You don't really no. that too much. No, you're, you're absolutely right. And and you know what? Speaking of that, I mean, we go to I mean, Brock Bowers. Brock Bowers is 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 one of the fastest tight ends. He's only a true sophomore, ladies and gentlemen. So he's not coming out this year. For the NFL draft, he will be back there uh, in the red and black for the Georgia Bulldogs. So that keeps everybody excited. And actually moves into the next, um, uh, our next uh, segment here. And that is the way too early, or not way too early, but the early top 25 rankings. Because there's still some signings that need to go. Some people in the transfer portal that need to be, um, you know, um, uh, you know, placed elsewhere. But. Um, these are the prime sports world early top 25 records. I'm starting out with the national title favorite, the Georgia Bulldogs at number one, even though, uh, Stetson Bennett is gone. A lot of guys, Keely Ringo's probably gone. Jalen Carter's probably gone. Um, a lot of those guys are gone. You got, you got guys like Brock Byers that are coming, Brock Byers that are coming back. There is going to be a little bit of a quarterback, um, issue 
um, uh, issue. But, um, I mean, they're still bringing – Georgia's still bringing back a lot of guys defensively. Off, I mean, they just retool, Christian. They have the number – Five recruit. They have the number two recruiting class this year. Last year they had the number one. Uh, they had the number uh, top, another top five recruiting class last year. They had the number three recruiting class last year. The year before that, Christian, they had the number four recruiting class before that. So I mean, this team just keeps retooling every year, and they are the favorite next year to win it all. Yeah, and I'm not surprised, and they're going to continue to build that offense around. Brock Bowers and number six, Kenny McIntosh. I love yes. what this kid brings to the table because he's almost like their version of Debo Samuel out the backfield. Can hand the ball off to him, create those mismatches with him in space, can catch the ball in space, and he moves very fluidly without the ball in his hands. But with the ball in his hands, he's a Swiss Army knife because you can get that mismatch against a safety on him. He's going to win that battle every time. Linebacker, forget about it. Kenny's winning that battle. So I think these are going to be the two key pieces for this offense next year. Mm-hmm. And whoever the quarterback is, you know, he's going to have these two guys to kind of be those safety valves. No, ab- absolutely. You know, Kenny McIntosh is definitely a guy, a young running back 10. And I'll get to some running back 10 uh, here in, in, in a moment here. Uh, but yeah, no, Georgia's a plus 225. So they have the. Um, uh, you know, low, the highest odds to um, win um, the uh, national championship next season in the three-peat. So that, that, that's definitely a big headline uh, for next season. Can Georgia three-peat and turn this thing into a dynasty? Um, because, you know, right now, if they could have won, you know, if, 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 you know, Saban didn't put two in uh, for Jalen Hurts, you know, uh, what, two, three, how, how many years ago was that? That was about, about four, four or five years four ago. Four or five we years be, ago? We could about be four or five about, years ago? Yeah, and we could be talking about Georgia being a dynasty right now. Yeah, yeah, we're, we could be talking about them winning, what, three national championships in five years? In a five-year span. In a five-year span, right? So they're going for a three-peat next year. That's definitely a top headline. Number two, we got the University of Michigan Wolverines here uh, as the number two team in the nation, bringing back uh, J.J. McCarthy, Bring it back, Donovan Edwards. Um, you know Jim Harbaugh. Push it back. He's going to the NFL. Um, they have the God Lee. They have the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight highest odds at plus two thousand to win the national championship uh, next year uh, for the Michigan Wolverines. Uh, what do you see with them next year? Um, do you know do they have a shot to get back in the CFP or? Um, what do you think, Christian? I think this is the division to lose at this point, and most importantly, they got their most they got their first win of the 2023 calendar year. Blake Corum announced he's coming back, and there was I yeah. knew I knew he wasn't going out, and well, he wasn't gonna let that knee injury be the lasting memory for him. Now. It's all about putting it together in a bowl game when it matters most. And that's the problem that they have. But I think right now this is the favorite to, to win the Big Ten East and win another Big Ten championship. Yeah, no, um, no, definitely. I, I do agree. I think Michigan is definitely prime to win a, a Big Ten championship, especially with all the, um, uh, you know, with the quarterback situation. It's probably going to go down in, at, at, at Ohio State. 
Um, we don't know, you know, who's going to be uh, the you know quarterback for Ohio State as of yet. Um, I know that, you know, we, there, there is, you know, you've got Kyle McCord, you got, you know, Kyle McCord is a five-star, you know, prize recruit. So he's probably, if I had to take a bet, he's probably the next one, but we don't know what he is. We don't know what Devin Brown is. Um, and, but we, what I do know, uh, you know, for Ohio State, you know, next, you know, in, you know, they, they're going to our number four is that, you know, they do have Marvin Harrison Jr. So having those weapons back is key. So Michigan's definitely in a better position because they got JJ McCarthy, got Blake Corn back, uh, Donovan Edwards back. Um, not sure if Ronnie, I think Ronnie Bell's uh, a senior, so he's probably clearing this year. Not sure about that. Um, but anyways, um, next on our list, we got Alabama. Uh, same kind of position that Ohio State's in, right? We don't know what the quarterback's going to be, but they did show some signs of you know having some offensive playmakers uh, at the wide receiver position. Yeah, they definitely did. But I think the key for Alabama, if they want to get back to the position that Georgia's been in these last two years, they got to fix up that secondary because that's been mm-hmm. the vulnerable part. I've mentioned it the last two years, Izzy. They just continue to give up too many big plays down the field, um, but they're going to be motivated. And Saban is like, look, one of my protégés, he's won the last two. I haven't won one in the last couple of years, and he beat me to get his first. So you can't mm-hmm. sit here and tell me that Nick probably isn't motivated to get back <laughs> into into the lab and fix it yeah. up. No, absolutely. That's why they're they're a little low. I mean, they're low. I see some guys at them with in the top, you know, you know, top two. I, you know, I got them. I don't got them in the top two. I got them in the top three. I do think they are bringing back some some guys, uh, some you know, talented pieces, especially with the last couple of recruiting classes. Them being always in the top five, they got some guys on both sides of the ball. We just don't know who their stars are. Definitely, Harold Perkins from LSU is definitely the top SEC defensive star. That's a first. Uh, like Alabama not having one in the last, you know, I, it's been a long time. I mean, you go like Will Anderson. I mean, LSU always has, you know, like Derek Stingley, Tyron Matthew, you know, guys like that, you know, like in the past. But, I mean, Alabama usually has, you know, those defensive guys. We don't know what, who it's going to be next year, right? Exactly. Um, exactly. So, and that's the only thing I, I have a concern about Alabama going into next year. I am going to go on the limb, though. I will say Jalen Milrow for the quarterback from Alabama. I, I think it. he's going to be special. You think so? I think I think Jalen Milrow, I think Jalen Milrow is the guy that he's got a lot of Jalen Hurts in him. Okay. The only thing, like, like, like pre-Oklahoma Jalen Hurts. Like, I, I can beat you with my legs, but I'm a little iffy with my arm. Right, 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 right. You know, that, that's that's what Jalen Will Jalen Will gets out of me. Uh anyways, uh number four, Ohio State. We kind of touched on them uh, as well. Uh you know, questions at quarterback. We have no question absolutely at wide receiver. Um they did lose uh John Baptiste um to uh, one of their top defensive ends to Notre Dame through the transfer portal uh last couple of days. So that's a key call key call from the defense that they're going to miss next year for Ohio State. But they do bring back, um, you know, what, Emeka Ubuke, right, Marvin Harrison Jr. You got some talented guys coming back for Ohio State. The only key uh, thing about them is just the quarterback position. Yeah. Um, I look at Ohio State and everything is there. But, you know, what's Ryan Day going to do to get his quarterback situation 
uh, stable and consistent because I look at, you know, I look at Michigan. Michigan's getting consistent quarterback play. Like, that's been the thing between Michigan and Ohio State the last couple years. Michigan's had better teams, but Ohio State had the better quarterback. Think about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, I want to see what this Ohio State defense does again because they were so improved compared to mm-hmm. what we saw in 2021, being able to stop and run. That's exactly why you hired a guy like Jim Knowles. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and I think, I think you know, to see the um, improvement – in the Ohio State defense is going to be key for next year as they, you know, bring in, you know, Kyle McCord, but, or whoever, Devin Brown or whoever is the, you know, going to be the quarterback for Ohio State. It's completely unknown, uh, you know, from the last, you know, couple few, it's been a long, hey, the Ohio State always has these guys in line. You know, I could tell you the last two previous guys, you know, Justin Fields and, and uh, um, CJ Stroud, those are two hard guys to follow up with. So, this is the first time in a very long time that I can remember that Ohio State has some sort of quarterback, um, you know, open quarterback um, competition here in a way, right? Yeah, yeah definitely. In, in a very long time. I, I don't really know who's who's the guy, but they have all the pieces around them. Uh, anyways, at number five, we got Florida State. Running out the top five, we got Florida State Seminoles. Um, I raved about them. They ended the year on, like, what, a seven-game win streak? Um, and they're bringing back a Heisman Trophy candidate and Jordan Travis, along with a bevy of guys on both sides of the, of the ball. Um, how do you see Florida State uh, panning out here next year? I think they're going to compete for the ACC next year. And when these legendary programs are up and running and they're playing well, good things happen. And I just think it's better for the sport as a whole. And Mike Norvell is stocking up talent. I think that's been the thing these last couple of years. Um, yes, sir. You know, this was the most talented roster that he had last year. Now I want to see how he builds off that. And can Jordan Travis take that next step? This is a borderline playoff team, in my opinion, Izzy. I, no, bro. This is – this is look, Christian, this is definitely a borderline play. I mean, and not only Jordan Travis, they're bringing back um, the top defensive end or defensive player in Jer- Jared Verse. He's yep. also t- said that he's yeah, coming back. He, so you uh, had he was the top ten projected pick. You yeah. got two All Americans coming back mm-hmm. on both sides of the ball. Absolutely, yeah. Absolutely. Two two All Americans coming back on both sides of the ball. That's none. Uh, that feels nothing but success for Florida State. Next, we have the Penn State Nittany Lions. Um, kind of go quick style here. Um, you know they're coming back. They're coming back with their two rising. Um, uh, their two uh, sophomore running backs here. Um, this might be James Franklin's more talented teams coming here from Penn State. I, this is a team. This is a Penn State team that can compete with Ohio State, Michigan next year. Um, how do you how do you see um, Penn State fair next year? It's going to be tough to replace a guy like Sean Clifford again. Kind of, I don't want to say he's like Stetson Bennett, but you know, just nothing flashy about his game. Just came in, managed things made a big throw, and he was able to benefit this year because of the running game. And I think that that tandem of running backs is going to be huge in 2023, in the fall this year. K-Tran Allen, Nicholas Singleton. Yep. And I think they're going to be very run-heavy until the quarterback gets on the same page with those receivers. Yeah, no, and um, you know they got a five-star guy, uh, Drew Alar, um, pretty much uh, – 
you may have that uh, spot sort of, but we don't know until spring ball hits. But uh, yeah, I mean, Penn State's looking like a very, very uh, talented team. I mean, you saw, seeing what they did against the Utah Utes, I mean, K. Trey Allen and Nicholas Singleton had three touchdowns on the ground uh, for over 157 yards. Most of it was done by Nicholas Singleton, but both of those guys are, you know, two um, amazing, you know, super sophomore running backs. And we'll see what Drew Allard, 6'5", 242, big guy, big strong arm, um, you know, can run the RPO. So we'll see what he uh, brings to the table next year. Um, number seven, LSU. Um, look, I already mentioned Harold Perkins. He's going to be a true sophomore next year. He's the next SEC defensive superstar. Um, it, it, they bring back uh, Jaden Daniels next year. You bring back some other guys on both sides of the football. How do you think LSU is going to fare um, under the second season for Brian Kelly? I think they're going to be even better than what they were this year. And let's not – Let's not gift wrap this division for Alabama just yet. Remember, LSU won this division this year, and they beat Alabama. So next year's game of the Saban Bowl is definitely going to be one to watch. And when I look at LSU now, they're going to be stronger because having that year of experience under your belt is going to make all the difference. Mm-hmm. Abs- no, absolutely. I think LSU is going to be stronger. They're going to be pushing um... – uh, you know, uh, Alabama, um, you know, for, you know, that spot. That's why I think it was the SEC West, right? SEC West? Yeah. I'm not SEC mistaken. West, yep. SEC West is like the, is, is, is like the cream of the crop. It's where all the, t- all the, of the top 20 teams are in the nation right there. Anyways. Um, but yeah, no, I think LSU is going to have a real talented team next year. We'll see what happens. I think if I have to look at LSU between LSU, Alabama and Georgia, I like the quarterback situation a lot better than all, you know, than, than those other two teams for LSU. Just saying, you know, Jay, bring back Jaden Daniels. I mean, he might be a Heisman Trophy candidate uh, next year. So, anyways, at number eight, we have USC bringing back the Heisman Trophy candidate winner, Caleb Williams. They're losing Jordan Addison next year, um, losing some defensive guys uh, next season. But USC should be able to make uh, another playoff run. And can Lincoln Riley get the monkey off his back and actually win a big game? Next year, that's you know pretty much it. Yeah, <laughs> for me, for USC. <laughs> nah, I mean, I'm with you. I'm with you completely because I look at I look at USC and they're bringing back Caleb Williams. He was the he was the cream of the crop this year offensively for um for for USC and he almost got them back to the playoffs. Is he? And mm-hmm. you take him away, I don't think they're in that position, but. Um, what do you do to replace Jordan Addison? That that's a tough guy to replace. You can try to wear those shoes, but they might be a little too big for anybody coming into that system. But I think the biggest key for um for USC, they got to get back to playing consistent defense because their offense was their defense in a way this year. Because look at all the long drives they had to sustain to keep pressure off the defense. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. I think I think USC is definitely gonna uh, have to play a little bit better defensively uh, next year, a lot better defensively next year if they're going to want to make the CFP. Um, I do think the ace, uh, the Pac-12, um, is gonna be it's, it's gonna be coming out swinging, bro. I mean, you got good teams in the Pac-12: Washington, Oregon, Oregon State, adding DJU to the fold with Damian Martinez at running back. 
you know, they have one of the, you know, better, you know, um, running teams in the nation. Um, I mean, I mean, you're talking about, you know, UCLA. I, I know they're not bringing DTR back, but, you know, Zach Charbonnet is coming back. Uh, I mean, the list goes on. I mean, the Pac-12 has some, you know, Colorado is going to be better. <laughs> Definitely with Dion, Dion coming to the fold. So, I mean, the Pac-12 has got some hitters. So, USC, you know, might stumble. Uh, here or there next year, but you know, we'll see, man. They have to be on their, their P's and Q's next year, especially. Uh, you know, this is the last year of playing Pac 12 ball, they'll be going to the Big Ten in uh, 2014. They will, yep, yeah. So, anyways, uh, and then you know, rounding out the top 10, we got Tennessee and Oregon. Tennessee, uh, we, we got a little taste of Tennessee, uh, this past, uh, during their ball game, um, godly when they, um, Brought out uh, Joe Milton at quarterback. Uh, he'll be on the Heisman list next year, <laughs> definitely. Um, and you know he's definitely, um, you know he's definitely going to lose Jalen Hyatt. But I think you know with Josh under Josh Heupel's offense, I think a quarterback like Joe Milton, any quarterback like Hendon Hicker, um, should be uh, suffice for uh, for Tennessee. I think they'll be in the top ten next year, um, definitely. And then when I look at Oregon bringing back Joe, uh, Bo Nix uh, to the fold, who I think has been in college football for 20 years and uh, <laughs> everybody else there. I do think uh, Oregon's going to be a good team next year as well. Yeah. When I look at Tennessee, I think that offense is going to be strong once again, because that's Josh Heupel's background. Look at what he did. at Yeah. Run and gun, spread the weapons out on the line and just get open. And the ball is going to find you in some way, shape or form. And now I like what I saw from Joe Melson and he throws such a mm -hmm. pretty deep pass is he like it, it looks like it, when he throws it the ball almost feels like it gets faster as it's coming down to the that's insane the receiver. yeah and you know, <laughs> kind of reminds me of a little bit now when I watch him he to me is like a more mobile version of Justin Herbert that's wow that is that is very I honestly man I think I think Joe Milton can seriously win the Heisman next year. You know, I, I'm I'm not I'm not against that. I'm not gonna say he's not gonna win it. He's a dark horse in my opinion, but I think I think Joe Milton has a chance to win it. I mean, when I look at like what Tennessee's, you know, possibly gonna bring back um, you know, next next year, um, you know, I don't know, man. You know, I'm looking at a guy like Squirrel Wright. You know, had nine catches for 108 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Ramir Ramir Keaton, four receptions, 76 yards, a touchdown. Um, you know, I think he might be able to come back. Uh, you know, you got a lot of guys. You got you know some guys that are you know on this team, uh, Tennessee. That you know that can you know Jalen Wright is another guy. You know, so I think Tennessee is a team that is going to shock some people. I think Joe Milton's, you know, definitely man. I like that comparison, Justin Herbert, just a little bit more mobile. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's big. That's big. That's big. That's big. Uh, expectations for you know a guy that hasn't started yet. This yeah, and you know what? I'll say this. I think he has the perfect coach to help complement and cater to his skill sets. I don't think he yeah. had that the last couple of years, but I think he could be something special in Knoxville. Absolutely, absolutely. And then uh, running out the top twenty five, we got number eleven Washington Michael Penix Jr. coming back next year. Number twelve Notre Dame. They just added one of our uh, favorite quarterbacks, uh, Sam Hartman Jr. Uh, Sam Hartman from uh, Wake Forest, and also you know they added one of the uh, top uh, pass rushing uh, and edge rushers in 
college football from Ohio State and John Baptiste. And then, um, you know, they have another top 10 recruiting class coming in uh, for Marcus Freeman. Uh, so, yeah, watch out for Notre Dame uh, this year. At number 13, we got Utah. Number 14, TCU. I don't know if Max Duggan – I don't think Max Duggan has made any decision yet, but we all anticipate him pretty much leaving um, for the draft. Uh, anyways, and then uh, moving forward, we have um, Clemson, K. Klubnik, who uh, should, you know, probably be in the Heisman consideration next year at some point, but we'll see how he plays. But he's their next uh, star there, quarterback for Clemson. Number 16, Texas. It's going to be the Queen of Wars or Arch Manning. Who do you think – what do you think happens with that situation? They're I know there's some John Robinson and stuff like that. Look, they're still bringing back Xavier um, – Worthy. Xavier Worthy. Worthy. Yeah. So, um, I can see them going arts. I, I really can. Yeah, I think they're gonna go arts this year. You know, the hype has been there surrounding him these last couple years, and now it's the time. I agree. I agree. I think that Queen Earth should be entering the transfer portal right now. I think that Arch Manning is gonna start from the get go. I think that you're losing Bajan Robinson. You're losing some offensive guys. Defensively, I think Texas is going to be solid. Um, I think they're going to recruit well. Sark's going to recruit well. But when I look at Quinn Orr's, I look at a guy that, you know, he's going to be in a position where he makes one mistake, he's out of here. Absolutely. You know, fans, Texas faithful, boosters, they're all going to be like, oh, well, you got the boy Arch back there. You know, uh, oh, he's a man. He's amazing. Yep. He got, he's got to get him in there. You know, so, uh, yeah, point ours, this is not a, a great situation for him. This is kind of like the Spencer Rattler situation. It right? is. Like it Caleb is. Williams. Yeah. I don't, I don't like that situation on Coin Earth. I do think Arch Manning should. I I don't say that he should. He hasn't earned it yet. But I think if, you, if you're if you already, this is kind of what we talk about in the NFL. If you already have, if you already have your mind made up, about what quarterback you want to go to long term, then you already got your mind made up to start Arch Manning because you already know Quinn Ours ain't in your long term plans. You got one year out of Quinn Ours and he's probably going to go to the NFL. Um, but I mean, do you really want Arch Manning kind of waiting in the wings, you know, behind Quinn Ours? No, I'd start him right away. Um, yeah, moving at number 17, Oregon State. I said this earlier, DJ Uyunglele, a former quarterback from Clemson, transferred to Oregon State. How much of an impact is that going to make on that team? I just want to see if he can put together a string of consistent football. Like, he has all the tools to put it all together, but can he do it on a consistent basis? Like, that's the problem that I have with him. Um if he can get if he can get that going, I think he's going to be a godsend to those guys in Corvallis because they look they play in a conference where the ball flies up and down the field. You got to be able to score and match those teams point for point and throw for throw. One thing, one thing I am going to say about Oregon State and, and DJU next year, I think he's going to have his best year next year. Oregon State's going to lean on Damian Martinez. Um, you know, a, you know, a lot next year. Um, they're gonna lean on the running game. DJ plays, you know, perfect with that style. But they're bringing back four offensive linemen. Probably this is one of the best offensive lines in college football at, in Corvallis. And so you're bringing back a team that 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 has some veteran leadership 
there in the offense. So I think DJU is just kind of the star, the straw that's going to start a drink. Darren Corvallis, I think he, he's going to have a, a, a bounce, another bounce back year. He was having a bounce back year last year until the end of the year. Yeah. So he, you know, stop making, you know, stop, you know, playing consistent ball. But I think, you know, I think, you know, in Corvallis, I think he'll have a change of scenery, not as big expectations on his shoulders to carry the load. I'm the next guy that's carrying the load from Deshaun Watson and Trevor Lawrence. You know what I mean? For right. Clemson, I think that that, 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 that big load on his shoulders kind of wore on DJ. I think he goes to a place where he's just going to ball, you know? And I think that's that's what he needs in Oregon State. I like exactly. Oregon State to actually remain. I, I like Oregon State to actually contend for that Pac-12 title next year. I got him low on the list at 17, um, but I think I expect him to get in the top 10 next year, possibly going for a Rose Bowl berth uh, next season. Okay. Uh, okay. Not, yeah. And then at number 18, Kansas State, number 19, uh, Tulane. I believe uh, Pratt, their quarterback, is coming back. They went from winning two games to winning, what, 11, 12, Christian? Yeah. Um, yeah. The biggest turnaround in college, in D1, uh, in college football history, pretty much. Uh, so, yeah, Tulane um, definitely is going to be in the top 25 next year. Number 20, we got Ole Miss. Number 21, North Carolina. Can't keep North Carolina out there. They're going to have probably arguably the best quarterback uh, in college football in, in Drake Mayne. That's crazy saying that with, Kyle, with Caleb Williams coming back. But I do do Drake Mayne pushing for that slot. Uh, North Carolina is going to be fun to watch. Put up a lot of points. Can't stop the clock. Uh, number 22, UCLA. <laughs> I'm sorry, bro. Uh, number 22, UCLA. Uh, like I said, Chip Kelly's always had these massive uh, – it's going to be hard to, to, to fill those shoes with DTR, whoever does. But whoever does it, uh, it's got a good college football coach kind of, you know, we're putting them on the wing. Chip Kelly, uh, I think with Sack Charbonnet, UCLA is going to start off more of a running team next year and then kind of ease their way into that uh, fly style, um, you know, up and down style that Chip Kelly likes to play. Then round out the top 25, we've got Texas Tech, Oklahoma with Dylan Gabriel coming back. And number 25, James Madison. Um, burned me a couple times last year betting, but – I think uh, James Madison can definitely be a top – should be a top 25 uh, team next season. Um, yeah. Going to our early 2023 Heisman watch, some of the guys that we uh, already mentioned here. Um, and number one, I got Caleb Williams, USC. Number two, Drake May, uh, UNC. Uh, let's start with both of those guys. Uh, for the Heisman uh, Trophy next year, Christian. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, don't blame you for having Caleb's name up there again. After all, the man did just win it himself, so he comes in as the reigning Heisman Trophy winner. No guy has won it back-to-back since Archie Griffin in the in the 70s. So could he join that? Yeah, it's possible. You know, if he can put together another year like he did this year, I think he runs away. With this award, and then Drake May, um, man, he's a gamer. I could watch this kid throw the ball. He's a pure passer. He spreads the ball around, kind of cut from that Drew Brees mold guy that can throw the ball, spread the ball around to the open receiver. If you're open, you're getting the football. <laughs> For sure. For sure. If you're open, you're getting that football. Definitely. Um, I think Drake May, he, anytime you're um, in the same sentence as Lamar Jackson, um, guys like that, because if you remember, I mean, he had, you know, what was it? Um, how many consecutive? I think it was like seven consecutive games with like four touchdowns. That was Lamar Jackson esque. 
Um, mm-hmm. I, I, but when I look at Drake May, I look at a kid that you, you threw around that Justin Herbert comparison with Joe Milton. I kind of had to go back and think about it. And I'm like, man, yeah, you know what? Joe Milton does got a little bit of just, but this kid is Justin Herbert 2.0. Um, <laughs> this kid actually is the. I think this is the actual, uh, you know, comparison that you, you know, should have made. Drake May's a guy that it can, you know, put it on the ground. You know, can you know kill you with his feet? He can definitely kill you with his air. And he's got great size at six five two twenty. Um, I think this kid. Um, he. I think eventually. I think next year we'll be talking about Drake May being a better quarterback than Caleb Williams. Hey, that's possible. I can't. I can't disagree with that. Or the night. Be, I think he'll be a redshirt sophomore next year too. Oh wow! Oh yeah. wow! I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, he'll be. Yeah, I believe. I believe Drake May will be a redshirt sophomore. I may be wrong on that, but no, no, he'll be a redshirt sophomore or or a true. Yeah, yeah, he'll be a redshirt sophomore next season. Drake May. Okay. So he's wow. eligible to be in a draft next year. With Caleb Williams, so mm-hmm. it's gonna be it's gonna be a hell of a college football season next year. And number three, I got Michael Penix Jr. Arguably coming off his best year for Washington, um, and best year of his college football career. Um, he's got definitely he's got Washington in the top fifteen, in the top twenty in most polls. I think Michael Penix Jr. is a quarterback uh, that's gonna be on this list all year round, all year uh, long next year. Um, and then number four, I got Jordan Travis. Uh, from Florida State. Um, I mean, when I looked at him, his numbers and Bryce Young's numbers from you know last year, um, it's very similar. Um, so I think Jordan Travis actually takes that next step uh, next year for Florida State, and he'll be on this Heisman list all season long. And then right on the top five, I got Sam Hartman going on Notre Dame, baby. I may be a homer for putting Sam. Actually, I'm actually not a homer for putting Sam Hartman in my top five because he broke so many records at Wake Forest. Passing records. He's going to Notre Dame. He's going to be playing with better talent. He's going to have a a a, a chance to, you know, be in the college football playoff at some point. Playing national schedule. I think Sam Hartman is going to is a big game quarterback. I think he's definitely a Heisman Trophy candidate next year under the Notre Dame Fighting Yeah, I agree because what did I tell you, Notre Dame? I'm excited to watch them next year, especially with that kid under center. Because what did I tell you, Izzy? Everything's been there for Notre Dame. Strong offensive line. They've been able to run the football. They've had decent weapons in the passing game, and the defense has been amongst one of the best in the country. It's just been the quarterback. And Sam Hartman is a game changer. He is going to elevate this team. He's going to put this team on his back. And, man, they could be a title contender next year if everything clicks. No, absolutely. Um, absolutely. Notre Dame could be a title contender if everything clicks and they finally got their quarterback. Man, I'd have to say, man, since Malik Zaire, maybe even before that, I mean, a quarterback of this kind of stature. Um, they haven't had man, it in a while. They haven't had it in a while. It's got to be Brady Quinn, bro. It's yeah. not. It's not. Uh, it's not uh, Malik Zaire. It's not Everett Dolson. It's not uh, Deshaun Kaiser. It's got to be all the way back. It's not Jimmy Clausen. It's got to be all the way back to uh, Brady Quinn. Gotta be. 
got yeah. since they had a quarterback like this. They that's got me excited in the passing game. That I you know I think that's gonna that's uh, ele- elevate that program. Anyways, my dark horses, young sophomore, true sophomore, K. Klubnik from Clemson, Joe Milton. You mentioned him about Tennessee, uh, and then Marvin Harrison Jr. Probably arguably the best wide receiver in the nation. Um, that can't come out. That probably arguably in, in, in any class, freshman, sophomore, junior, senior, it doesn't matter. I think Marvin Harrison Jr. has got the goods. He'll be on the Heisman list next year uh, for sure. Um, but yeah, any names that you want to throw on there that we didn't uh, put on this list, Christian? Man, I, I think this is spot on, Izzy. Um, Marvin Harrison Jr., best wide receiver in the country, but you know, I kind of want to show Brock Bowers a little bit of love because he's a difference maker for, for that Georgia offense. Yeah, no, I, I definitely, I definitely do agree with you. I think uh, Brock Bowers is a guy uh, that you got to watch out for. Um, you know, God lead, man. Um, anybody that's, you know, you know, Arch Manning, uh, you know, Quinn Orr's, uh, you know, from you know Texas, um, man, there's a lot of them. I mean, the kid, whoever is the kid, you know, whoever quarterbacks at Ohio State, I think Jalen Milrow is gonna have a shot. You know, you know, you know, pop some heads. Um, you know, KJ Jefferson is still at Arkansas, uh, Christian. So yep. you, you got you know Braylon Allen from Wisconsin. So y'all just looking up names here um, that I think you know that can. You know, being a Heisman running, JJ McCarthy we talked about, Blake Horn is returning. So, I mean, it's going to be an exciting year for college football next year. I it definitely is. Already. I can't wait already. I'm sad that this is going to be the last show for a few months. But you know what, man? Uh, we're we're, we're going to come. We're, look, we're going to come back even stronger next year. I'm ready for it, baby. <laughs> and that is actually a perfect segue because what are our top headlines? For 2023, uh, going into next college football season, uh, I guess I, I guess I'll start with you. What is your top headline next year? For try, you can do one or two. I, I got a couple, but I will wait for you to go over what your headlines you know, I are. I think the main one is um, Dion. You know, going to Boulder, leaving Jackson, taking a D1 job, and you know this is this has been his dream, and it's great to see him living out his dream. I think he's going to change the lives of a lot of young men out there in Colorado. Mm-hmm. Um, but how good are they going to be in that first year? Remember, the talent is a little bit stronger, a little bit faster, and a little bit better um, at the D1 level than it was at the level he was coaching. But knowing how Dion operates, he's going to adapt. And he'll adapt quickly. You know, may not be successful in the first year, but the success is knocking at the door. It's on the way. Man. Um, actually, I, I, I love that. That was actually one of the headlines that I was thinking about in my head. Actually, my top headline for 2023, can the Georgia Bulldogs 3 P. That's That's actually, that's legit like everybody's top headline. It's got to be my top headline. I am very curious to see if Kirby Smart. We don't see many dynasties in college football. I mean, we saw we seen it with Alabama. That's probably the only recent one. Now we're seeing it with Georgia. Here they've won back to back national championships. Can they go for a third one here in twenty twenty three? Is 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 what I am curious to see. 
for the Georgia Bulldogs uh, next season. They, they're coming back. I mean, we don't know what the quarterback situation is looking like, but come back with Brock Byers and a whole bunch of talent that Kirby Smart's been stockpiling like an evil mad scientist down there yeah. in Georgia, <laughs> you know? Um, so, you know, that's, you know, that's one of my headlines. And then also, um, you know, my second biggest headline kind of going into next season is uh, Jim Harbaugh, just Jim Harbaugh with a couple question marks because we don't know what he's going to do. We don't know if he's going to go to the NFL. We don't know if he's going to stay at Michigan. A lot of people, everybody, you know, I hear conflicting reports every day. It's literally the way it sounds. It's like 50, 50. I don't know where he's going to go. I don't know what he's going to do, but if he does stay at Michigan, um, if he does stay at Michigan, are they able to get over the hump and actually get to the national championship now? It's been, can you beat Ohio State? Well, he's done that twice. Can he win the Big Ten? Well, he's done that twice already. Can he get to the CFP? Well, he's done that twice. Now the next thing that he has to do is can he win in the CFP? Um, yeah, yeah, I think that's the million-dollar question because I think you – you explained it and set it up perfectly. And I'm looking at it from a domino effect standpoint. The first domino was falling. Can they beat Ohio State like you said? Then the next domino, can they win the Big Ten? He's done that. Now you got to win a bowl game. Yeah. No, you, you you definitely have to win a bowl game. That's that's key. And not just any bowl game. They expect you to be in the top four every single season that you're at Michigan now that you're there. Um, so, and I think next year you have an even better shot, right, to, to make the national championship next year. So for Jim, for another top headline is, you know, Jim Harbaugh, question mark. You know, where is he going to go? And also, um, you know, is he able to take this team, you know, to the national championship next year for the University of Michigan? And then, um, yeah, I do like the Dion one. Uh, that's another one. I think, I think Dion's going to change the landscape of Colorado, like he's going to bring them. I mean, the last time they won a national championship was, was with Eric Bennett, the enemy at running back. Okay. That's that, that, that was back before, that was before the Rashawn Salam days. That was, wow. I think, 1990. And Rashawn Salam was, what, 93, 94, something like that? Yeah. Uh, yeah, Eric Bieniemy, yeah, Eric Bieniemy was the 1990 uh, running back uh, for Colorado, if I'm not mistaken. That's the last time they won a national championship. So it's been over 30 years for them. So um, I know Dion's excited, but th- yeah, that's definitely uh, a big one. And then also, I'm going to actually add this. Um, out of all, um, I'm going to actually add this uh, as another headline as well. Um, which, you know, which transfer portal quarterback is, is you know, going to elevate himself, you know, into the Heisman Trophy candidate? Uh, you know, I know I got Sam Harbin in there, but we got DJ you know, you know, going, you know, going to Oregon State, he might be a, a Heisman Trophy candidate. We got a, a, a few other guys that are uh, in the portal as well. Um, so, you know, hopefully, you know, we can see some of these portal guys, um, you know, uh, you know, make dividends for their team. So, uh, right. we'll see. We'll see next year. But, anyways, ladies and gentlemen, that has been a wrap for the 2022-2023 uh, college football season. Me and Christian have. It's been a joy. Uh, bringing this to you guys uh, for damn near wh- what has it been? What seventeen weeks? Seventeen, weeks? seventeen great weeks, and man. Seventeen great weeks. Look, there's nobody else I'd be doing this with other 
than the CEO of Prime Sports World himself, Mr. Israel Rivera, man. <laughs> man look, look, you got to be funny when you be saying Mr. CEO. <laughs> right. <laughs> Y'all be getting me with that one. Y'all be getting me with that one. It's funny, nah, man. man. But nah, I appreciate you, brother. Like I really do, man. Thank you. Absolutely, man. And man, I can't wait to do it back again this year. Absolutely, and we'll be we'll be back we'll be back around springtime uh, with yep. more with some more transfer portal news. I'm pretty sure um, you'll actually see you'll get me and Christian. Uh, you know, there are more NFL coverage. And uh, actually, when the NFL draft comes around, uh, me or Christian will probably be on one of those shows to kind of give you more in-depth that analysis on the college football uh, season or you know any college football prospects that are um, coming into the first or second round of the draft. But anyways, um, you guys want to look out for some more college content. We'll be coming back with college basketball madness here um, in a week with our midseason awards pre- uh, review um, and kind of season review. Um, going into and then we'll do some bracketology, have some fun with that. I'll be uh, there with you. We'll do it again. Oh, you'll be there, Kyle. Be there. We did it a couple years ago and we had a blast doing it. I'll be there with you again. Uh, he'll be there for some bracketology stuff, but yeah, we'll be we'll, we'll come back with some college basketball madness here in a week or two. Uh, so you guys don't want to miss that and don't miss the prime here, man. Monday through Sunday, bringing the heat. Um, David, TJ, Christian, me, uh, will Matt James will uh be you know coming on here. Um, you know, uh, Monday with the uh, review of the NFL, you know, and probably preview that uh, Monday, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But uh, anyways, guys, that's Christian Simpson from the Daily Business Blog and the Monday Evening Quarterback. And I am your host here tonight, Israel Rivera. And like I said, guys, take a moment. Please like, share, subscribe to YouTube page, Prime Sports World, our Facebook page. Go ahead and like our Facebook page on Facebook as we go live every time. Um here on Facebook and go like our NFL and NBA Supreme Facebook Facebook groups. And if you missed this episode of Prime Sports World, make sure to catch it here on um, all major platforms where where podcasts can be heard. It's Apple Music, Samsung, Amazon, Spotify, and iHeartRadio, ladies and gentlemen, because Prime Sports has you covered all the way around, baby, bringing the heat. The only way we, the only way we know how, uh, the only way we know how. And ladies and gentlemen, if I miss you, and if I if I don't see you next time, man, good afternoon, good evening, and good night, ladies and gentlemen. And sayonara, suckers. See you guys next time, baby. Yes, sir.